The information presented in this podcast is not intended to provide medical or legal advice. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Before using cannabis or making any changes to your treatment, consult a qualified healthcare provider. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Olas Media or its sponsors. Olas Media. This is Cannabis Enlightened with Dr. Leroy. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to another delightful podcast episode of Cannabis Enlightened. This is Dr. Leroy coming at you. And, you know, I am delighted to have in the studio today, Ruben Villasenor, who is going to tell us everything we need to know about an experience or enjoying the experience with cannabis. But before we get into today's program on education and how to get the most from your cannabis experience with Ruben Villasenor, I want to share some thoughts with you on my opinion of cannabis and, and how cannabis fits into our daily lives. Um, from the standpoint of, of benefit, uh, I think most of you know that I feel that uh, cannabis has a medical benefit to many people. Uh, you've listened to many people on my podcast that have talked about cannabis and what cannabis has done for them from a medical standpoint. Uh, but I also want to talk about in terms of ownership and, and licensing, um, my opinion on what a license should be or do. You know, I don't want you to um, miss the fact that there's been at least 90 plus years of the war on drugs and which took a huge toll on people of color and women in our communities. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that there have been people that are not of color, like Dennis Hunter that we've talked about uh, several episodes ago that is not a person of color, but has been harmed by the war on drugs. In my opinion, when a person applies for and receives a license, this license is, is not to be used like a monopoly game. It is to be used for a business, the cannabis business. Now, cannabis is not an easy business. It, it takes hard work, determination, and a, a lot of honest pride in order to make it work. It's not easy. It can also establish a better community and generational wealth. One thing that I'd, I'd also like to share with you is that in several situations, people that have applied for a license have had to overcome tremendous barriers, barriers with the governmental entity and barriers with predators who think that they can take advantage of people who have applied for a license or trying their best in order to make their business work. My opinion is that it's a business that takes a lot of hard work, as I've said, and it can succeed if everyone works together. You can succeed in the business of cannabis if you try really hard, and if you have decided that this is my passion 
And I want this to be something that I pass on to my family members. Cannabis, a cannabis license should not, is not in my mind, reparations or a ticket that can be exchanged for 30 pieces of silver. It's an opportunity, an opportunity to prove that you can run a business. It takes knowledge. And remember, I always say knowledge is power. Now let's go into our guest for today. This is going to be an educational program with Mr. Ruben Villasenor. Ruben, on this podcast, I would like to talk about cannabis and what cannabis is doing for uh, the listening audience who, you know, indulges himself in it. Um, but before we get to that, what I'd like to do is to have you briefly, you know, introduce yourself and tell the listening audience a little bit about you. Sure. So I consider myself uh, a cannabis educator and I use the information and the knowledge that I've acquired from owning uh, my own CBD company and now working for a dispensary um, to basically educate people on how to use cannabis for to meet the needs and desires of their lifestyle. Um, for some, that is maybe addressing some sleep issues. For others, it's relaxation. Um, and for others, it could be other other things. Okay. So um, we try to get together and I, you know, I'll, I'll do some consultation and find out what their needs are. And then I can recommend a product or a method of consumption that may match and, you know, fit their lifestyle. Now, do you do you do that privately or do you do it in the store? I both. So okay. I can do it. I have done it in the store. And then sometimes there is, you know, that customer or that patient needs a more in-depth uh, conversation, in which case I can do that on a private, uh, in a private basis. So as a cannabis educator, um, you also serve as a, um, in, in the business arena with cannabis too. Yes. Okay. All right. So what I want to do today, um, in the words of a friend of mine, I want to unpack this cannabis thing. Um, we've had guests on the program that talk about cannabis uh, from one you know area to another. But I think with you, because of your background and your experience, maybe we can start from like A to Z looking at cannabis. So someone who is maybe not as familiar with cannabis will get a lot out of this. And also maybe the, the more senior people um, in cannabis would also be able to listen to this and say, oh, that's something that I didn't know before. So to begin with, can you break down what is cannabis? What is cannabis? I mean, I refer to it as the flower, but what what do you see it as? Sure. So cannabis is a very ancient plant that's been around for, you know, hundreds of millions of years. So um, I always like to, one of the people I listen to and, and do a lot of research or have listened to a lot of lectures is uh, Dr. Ethan Russo. And what he says is like, you know, the plant has been around for hundreds of millions of years. Humans have been around for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And so the fact that the plant can make humans high is like, that's not the purpose. <laughs> the plant was around doing its thing way before humans were. So it's just a plant that humans have found an incredible amount of uses for, uh, both medicinally wise and uh, agriculturally, just 
you know, you can do textiles, like there's hundreds and hundreds of uses for the plant. And so that has become at the benefit for humans, uh, anywhere from textiles and rope, paper, uh, fabric. Um, and then we can go on to the flower, which is, mm -hmm. you know, they found all kinds of cannabinoids and medicinal qualities in it. And unfortunately, there was a huge interruption, you know, in the 1930s when it started to become illegal. And so right. between then and I would say the 1970s, there's a huge gap. So there's, mm -hmm. what, 30 years, 20 years that no yeah. research was done, um, at least not in the United States. And now it's, you know, starting, you're starting to reopen that box and see all the, almost like rediscovery, all the things that the ancients knew, um, but on a more scientific level. Right, um, right. So, yeah. So the, the, the name that you gave a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. Ethan Top Russo. Russo. Correct. Ethan Russo. Um, what is his affiliation with uh, cannabis? So he is a um, neurobiologist, I believe is his correct title. And he uh, was part of the team that worked for GW Pharmaceuticals and brought Epidiolex to the market. Okay. So he's done all a lot of research on the CBD and the cannabinoid and the endocannabinoid system. Okay. And now you're going into something I want to talk about uh, or bring out is, is most people know cannabis from the Intica and Sativa. What, what is the significance of those two terms? So I, originally uh, they were considered two plants. Um, one was the Sativa, which was grown at, I believe, the lower elevations. Um, and so it would grow rapidly and tall. Um, it can, it takes heat very well. It, it really can more for take just about anything, uh, mm -hmm. heat, humidity. Um, and then the Indica is a plant that was grown at higher elevations. Uh, they want to say in Afghanistan, um, and it was a shorter, shrubbier plant and that had, um, slightly longer growing cycle than the and because of that, it would have different terpenes, right? So basically, if you consider a pine tree that grows up in the mountains, smells completely different than, let's say, an oak tree that would be in a valley or, an, you know, a birch tree or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they, it seemed like they were different plants. And then mm -hmm. one plant seemed to do better for the relaxation and the other one was very s stimulating. Um, today... Like I said, that was originally. Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out that they're the same plant. There just happen to be different uh, variations of the same plant. So is that where people get the THC and the CBD from? Correct. So which one, um, which, which one would they be more apt to find THC and CBD, the Indica or Sativa? Like I said, there's no distinction. So the indica sativa is not a botanical distinction. So if you talk to botanists, they're like, I don't know what that has. I don't see that anywhere in the literature. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's, a, that's a distinction that we non-botanists make mm -hmm. uh, to try to distinguish between the two. Um, but the plant itself is going to have the THC and the CBD that was cultivated into that cultivar. Okay. Um, so both were, were heavier in or higher in CBD. Basically the plant was at equilibrium. So the plant would grow about equal amounts mm -hmm. and it wasn't uh, high in THC like the plants that we have today, but through artificial breeding, 
that has been raised and raised and raised almost to the to the point of sacrificing CBD. And now since 2014, we have the reverse. So basically, they are bringing the plant back to its original by now creating more and more cultivars that are higher in CBD and low in THC. Now, you mentioned artificial. So do you are you talking about indoor outdoor? That and just the crossbreeding okay. of, of different cultivars. Crossbreeding of the, um, I guess, the, the Intica and Sativa plant? Or is that a good way to, to look at it? Yes, we can, we can use those distinctions to generally talk about, you know, the differences. Okay. But yes. Okay. So what is the benefit? I mentioned indoor. What's the benefit of an indoor cultivation? over outdoor so the benefit of an indoor cultivation is you can control everything oh, um, okay. you know from pest to sunlight to moisture mm -hmm. to airflow um to the soil you use mm -hmm. um like i said versus outdoors with which is you have to kind of take what nature gives you yeah and so um the example i use is like if you were going to grow a plant a strain or a cultivar in out in the Coachella Valley, which is, you know, typically can reach 110 degrees and mm, very hot and right. dry. That cultivar is going to grow in a certain pattern or a certain way and have mm. a certain terpene profile. If you take that same cultivar and grow it up in Humboldt County, it will have a completely different, similar, mm. but completely different terpene profile because the climate is different. Uh, the soil is different. The weather conditions are different. All that comes into effect. So indoor is where you can control all that. Mm -hmm. Outdoor, you're kind of at the mercy of nature. So you're going to get a different type of plant, a different type of uh, sativa or intica, or, or maybe I shouldn't use those terms when you're talking about indoor, outdoor. What, what is going to be the difference? Somebody comes into um, a dispensary and says, I want something that was grown indoors. Should they also talk about indica and sativa? Yes. Okay. So they would say, I want something that was uh, grown indoors that's uh, indica. Perfect. Yeah. So then we could, that would work. We, we could work. Yeah, okay. We could work. All right. All right. Now, I've heard this term before. Some of my audience has, has uh, contacted me and said, uh, Dr. Leroy, what about, um, you know, I know about, you know, THC and CBD, but what about CBD? CBN, what is that going to do for them? Sure. So CBN is the what happens to THC after it starts degrading. It, it will metabolize and become CBN. Okay. So, so it's CBN. It's not CBDN. Correct. Okay. It's its own cannabinoid. Okay. Uh, so basically, if you've ever left some weed, some flour in, in a drawer, mm -hmm. and it's now old and kind of either not stale, but very dry. dry. It's it it most likely the majority of that THC has converted to CBN. Okay. And if you were to smoke it or consume it somehow, uh, the CBN cannabinoid is one that's shown significant abilities to relax and induce sleep. Oh, okay. So it's the one that a lot of people, if they're having sleep issues, will go to. Okay. Um, as a help. I see. So you know, it, it seems like. Now people are talking more in terms of 
the term that you mentioned a little bit ago, the, the terpenes and the cannabinoids rather than the indica or sativa. Is that correct? Or should people be moving over into the cannabinoids and terpenes? In my opinion, yes. Okay. That's what, when I hear cannab- you know, sativa or indica, I immediately start thinking, okay, what is the terpene profile? What is the cannabinoid profile that you're seeking? And it does happen that indica will have a set of terpene profiles and cannabinoid profiles, and sativa will also have a set. Now, when you say profile, what what should a person be thinking about? So profile is just uh, how you would describe that cultivar. So the percentage of THC, the percentage of CBD, the percentage uh-huh. of, of uh, all the other cannabinoids, CBE, and CBC, mm-hmm. CBD, mm-hmm. THCV, all, all, the, all the rest. Mm-hmm. And then with that would come also the terpene profile. So is it, you know, is it skunky? Is it citrusy? Is it piney smelling? Is mm-hmm. it lemony, citrusy uh, smelling? Because all those work in combination to achieve the result. Mm-hmm. So um, you will find that like sativas are sometimes the ones that are more in the citrusy smelling, piney smell. Mm. Um, and you will, if you, so if you think about it, you smell a lot of that, a lot of that in cleaning products. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have lemon pledge or, or pine salt or something like that because it's very uplifting, invigorating. And so that profile will pass on to a, to a strain or a cultivar. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas um, lavender, myrcene, uh, beta-caryophylline, which is like pepper smell, mm-hmm. would be the sedative or the relaxing, lavender obviously relaxing. And so you will find those in indicas. Um, but in today's cultivars, uh, you can do a hybrid that can do either one. You can actually get a sativa that is very indica-leaning or has that profile. And you can get a indica that has a sativa profile. So like I said, to me, it's more important that you address what, what you're trying to do at the end. And then I can build a, you know, we can look for a cultivar that has those qualities that would match your needs. Now you say what you're trying to do at the end. Do you mean what you're trying to achieve? What feeling? Um, that, that could be if that could be an end or okay. if they're trying to address a specific uh, desire, like I said, uh, relaxation or right. creativity, okay. um, things like that, you would want to, um, you know, ex- closely match the profile to, to that to get there. Okay. So a person comes in and says, I am having a difficult time sleeping. Um, what should I, so they're pretty much laying themselves out to you. I'm right. having a difficult time sleeping. I don't know from Intica or Sativa or, or terpenes or cannabinoids, what should I do? So then I would, I would take them and show them, uh, like I said, I would start explaining the, the terpene profile and the cannabinoid profile, because that's what they're looking for. So if somebody was uh, asking for help for sleep, then I would say, look, you want something that's higher in the, in the myrcene or the lavender limoline uh, terpene. You want cannabinoids like CBN. You want some THC in there. You want some CBD in there. Um, you maybe don't necessarily, you know, maybe you want to look for something in the mid twenties, as far as the TVC percentage mm-hmm. and maybe three or 4% CBD. Um, and then once they have the profile, then they can start worrying about whether it mat- an Indica matches that or Sativa matches that. Cause that's mm-hmm. literally what you want. So, um, it's like if you were to go buy a car and you say, okay, this is, these are the, you know, eight features I want in a car. 
And now we can start going, well, do you want a Ford or do you want a Chevy? Because mm -hmm. they both make something mm -hmm. that fits. You know, do you want a luxury car or is this going to be a utilitarian truck? Mm -hmm. And so that's, right. that's the Indica Sativa. It's like, there's many ways to get there to that. But what you really are, you know, the eight things that you think are important are maybe power steering or air conditioner if you live in the desert. I mean, those are, that's really what you want. And you're not so concerned whether the outside of the car is green or blue or right. yellow. <laughs> you know, when, when people talk to me about um, cannabis, they find out that I'm in the, the cannabis industry. Um, and they're okay until I start talking about THC. And then they start feeling, well, I don't want any THC. And I try to convince them that, you know, you need a little bit of THC in whatever you're going to do. What's your opinion of that? You really do. Uh, THC uh, is, seems to be a catalyst to get all the other cannabinoids uh, mm. working and activating. And it also is the, the prime thing that activates our endocannabinoid system. Um, you can get there, you can do it just with a single cannabinoid, um, but it's very difficult. Um, and I also found out that this idea of a single cannabinoid comes from our current medical system. So everything, so like when a drug is discovered or basically a plant is discovered, let's say cannabis, mm -hmm. and then you take it to the drug company and the first thing they wanna do is they wanna strip away and find out the active ingredient. Right. And, and you'll see in all your medications, it'll say, you know, blah, 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 blah is 2% and that's the active ingredient. And then mm -hmm. there's a list of other chemicals and products in there that are just the binder and what keeps the capsule or the injection or the liquid it's the carrier. It's a carrier. It's really inert. It doesn't do anything. It's just the two percent. And the the in, you mentioned the term endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. Is that within all of us? That is within. Yes, every okay. mammal has that, um, and it's basically uh, it's like the air traffic controller for all of our systems. And when okay. I say systems, I'm talking like digestive system, circulatory system, skeletal system. Um, uh, circa, yeah, just all of that. Okay. And so the air, air traffic controller basically like an aircraft in real life, make sure that everything is running smoothly, that the planes are coming in and not at the same time that something's taking off. Mm -hmm. And so basically what you want is the body to be homo homeostasis. So everything is in working well and functioning like it's supposed to. Okay. Um, that's what that does. And so when you are injured or you have acid reflux or something like that, you, your body is out of homeostasis. One thing is, is taking up more energy or, or doing something that like the body doesn't want it to do. And so the endocannabinoid system says, Hey, get some white blood cells down to that area. They need help. Apparently whatever the crew that we sent down there is not enough. So let's mm -hmm. get some more help down there. Wow. And that's what that, that's what that does. And so, um, one of the things I find, especially when a lot of people come in to, to look for help with sleep, mm -hmm. is that to them, sleep has become the problem or become the, the right. issue. Mm -hmm. And I always have to point out that like, no, what it sleep is a symptom of the actual problem. Let's ah. address that. So maybe you have internal swelling or internal inflammation that you're unaware of, but now it's become such a problem that it's interrupting your sleep. Mm -hmm we take care of the swelling, the sleep comes back to normal. Okay, so when you take care of the, the swelling, 
what do you use to take care of the swelling? So we can use uh, cannabinoids such okay. as CBD and, and THC okay. and, and such as, as that. And then that, uh, that helps the body heal itself. And that's really what we're talking about. The, mm. the, so in the U.S. with our pharmaceutical companies, we've come to this belief that we can take a pill for anything. True. And like I said, True. they try to boil it down to the active ingredient um, that they can then synthesize because in the U.S. you can't patent a plant. Okay. Mm, okay. And so what they've done is they've they've come to the conclusion that THC is the active ingredient and then somebody invented Marinol, right, which is synthesized THC. And then they can patent the procedure on how to synthesize Marinol. And that's why everything that's was like every discovery that you hear about that's like, oh, we found this plant in the Amazon. It's good for appetite suppressant. They bring it back. They do some research and then they find the active ingredient and then they synthesize it. Well, the synthesization problem, the chemist creates that can be patented. Now they have control of that. Mm -hmm. You could just go use the plant. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, it sounds to me like what you're talking about is that everybody needs to embark on some type of, at some level, cannabis education, which, which, would bring them into being maybe a cannabis professional because they know more about the cannabis plant? Sure. Um, although, I mean, in the perfect world, that would be great. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is most people don't want to get into the chemistry and, and that kind of stuff. And so they'll just come into the dispensary, like I said, and in vague terms say, I need to address my sleep problem or I need to address my pain uh -huh. problem. Okay. And, and that's what they're that's what they're used to, like I said. And so if I were to recommend an edible and I would say, here's, here's some edibles, you know, eat one gummy every day. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what they hear. That's, that's what, right. that's what we're trained as. Like right. you take this pill and it's supposed to function. Now you're moving into the next thing I, I, I want to ask you about, and that is the different ways to consume cannabis. So um, most people are pro probably know of, of smoking. Um, that brings its own, you know, pros and cons. What other ways do you, would you suggest that uh, people, you know, take cannabis? Sure. So there's a multiple way, you know, there's so many ways now that uh, I hate to say that it wasn't around back then because it was, but mm -hmm. it was not as popular. Really, you had smoking and edibles mm -hmm. that that way. But, you know, hash, hash, which is a different way of consuming, has been around also probably as long as the plant's been around. Mm -hmm. But now you can smoke it, you can vape it, you can eat it, you can apply it topically, you can use suppositories. Um, the oils? Oils, yeah. Okay. Tinctures. Tinctures. Um, so there's, there is a variety of, of different ways to consume and, again, to fit your lifestyle. So if you were just against smoking for whatever reason, that's, mm -hmm. you know, it, cannabis isn't ruled out. There's other ways of mm -hmm. consuming that can also get you there. What about drinkables? Drinkables is, is are, are is they as, the um, are they as good? I guess I can use that word. Are they as good or effective as, as smoking? They can be, it just kind of depends on what is trying to be addressed. Mm, okay. um, the typical thing um, would be, um, if somebody is in a lot of pain, then sometimes I will re 
recommend some something such as a smokable or a vapable, something that can be ingested into the lungs because you get the relief quicker. Okay. As opposed to an edible, which may take an hour to become effective. Right. Um, if you're in if you're in pain, do you really want to wait that hour <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have another option? Sure, sure. When you have another option. Right. On the other hand, um, if you know, if let's say if it's going to be a sleep issue, maybe you don't want to smoke something that's going to knock you out in you know in two minutes. You know, right. maybe you're you're like going to eat the edible at dinner and then in an hour decide to go to bed. So then that's the perfect solution for that type of lifestyle where like I'm going to eat my dinner or I'm going to ha- take my gummy after I eat dinner and then I'm going to go read for half an hour and then I'm going to go to bed. That would be perfect. My sense is that um, a lot of people feel like cannabis and alcohol will provide or produce the same effect uh, at the same time. And I try to tell them that, no, that's not the case. No, and they're actually fighting against you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the, the, the alcohol, and I guess they're used to uh, the alcohol effect. Correct. Um, more so than if they take a drink or two or a shot, which would be the straight alcohol, that would have a tendency to get to them faster than an edible. Correct. Okay. And, and why is that? Well, because liquid, liquid goes through the body faster. Okay. Right. So it, it just processes it faster than a solid. The solid has to be broken down before it can be absorbed into the system. And that's the time that it takes. It's like you like and everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so some some people metabolize very quickly and get the feelings within half an hour. Other people, you know, over an hour. Um, you can, There's not a whole lot you can do to speed that up. It's really up to the individual. Does it matter if a person is eaten or not? Yes, that does matter. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So there's there is some variables where you can either help speed it up or slow it down, but only within certain parameters. And like I said, and every person is different. So if if this person A eats the same meal that person B eats, then they're still going to have the effect different at different times. It's just like I said. Within your body, you can help things by eating a, a meal if you want to slow it down, mm-hmm. um, or taking it on your stomach if you want it to, you know, have a faster reaction. Mm-hmm. Things like that. My recommendation would be, if you need a faster reaction, would be to take it in a different form, maybe a tincture under the tongue. Oh, okay. Uh, th- that would be maybe helpful as opposed to you know eating a second edible. Okay. All right. So now. Is there a particular mindset? Does a person, um, should a person make sure that they're relaxed when they consume uh, cannabis or does it matter at all? It it matters in the sense that um, you want the effect to match your desire. Ah, okay. Um, And so it's, this is somewhat of a placebo effect, but the placebo effect is real, right? So if, if you want to be healed, there's more of a chance that you're going to be healed. If you want to, if you're setting up to be creative and do some art project or writing project, then you are, your mindset is already there and you want something to help that along. Um, And so if you're relaxed, if you're trying to get relaxed, then you, you need something that's going to do that. Saying that this is where education is really important because I think uh, what ends up happening is a lot of people are very nervous. Uh, first timers, they don't know what the reaction is going to be. Like sure. you said, um, a lot of times they default to alcohol because it's a known set, right? They know how they react to alcohol. And if they haven't done cannabis, they don't know. 
And so education is really, really important. Um, I always tell the story of like where I've done presentations before seniors, and this was just for CBD, and they requested that I did not talk about THC. Oh, okay. So I do a whole presentation on just CBD, mm -hmm. how it's non-psycho, non-intoxicating, <laughs> non-addictive, non-all this, and then I will hand out samples at the end of the evening, mm -hmm. and every one of them, these older ladies and older gentlemen will mm -hmm. say, I'm like, you can eat that right now and totally be safe and drive home. And they're like, nope, I'm just going to put that right here in my purse. <laughs> wait till like, cause it's unknown and they yeah. are afraid. Yeah. And so, like I said, because of the placebo effect, I want to make sure that you are on a relaxed, comfortable, safe space when you try this for the first time, because that's mm -hmm. really important because a bad experience can ruin you from cannabis forever. Right. Sure. And so that was one of the things um, that we were conscious of. And like in my CBD company, I would just take anything back. Just, just mm -hmm. it, you didn't have to have a reason. I didn't like it. You know, I don't yeah. do black packaging. I only mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever, because mm -hmm. I didn't want to ruin it. Like this is a, this is something I believe can really help you, but you have to be in the right frame of mind to, to be wanted to be helped. So how much, what would you suggest a person take a first timer? Should they take, um, I've seen packages that are um, every it's it's a it's a, maybe a hundred milligrams, and each small piece is ten milligrams. Correct. So, should they consume that entire ten milligrams? So, I I tend to try to to judge. So, unfortunately, THC doesn't work like most things where you can say, uh, you know, you are one hundred and sixty pounds, you should take X amounts of milligrams right. per. It doesn't work mm -hmm. that way. Um, so, I was. Um, I would just kind of caution that however, less is more. So talk, mm. start out slow and then you can go from there. Um, if you're going to smoke or vape or any of that way, you kind of have ultimate control, right? Because um, you'll take a puff, let's say, and wait 15, 20 seconds and you will start to feel something. Mm -hmm. And then like, if you continue to puff, then that's on you. <laughs> like, right. you, you. Like, you know, when you've had enough, basically it's the same thing. It's like, if you drink in three beers and you keep going, you're right. going to get drunk and you're going to have a bad experience mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's kind of like you have control to put down mm -hmm. the joint or the pen or the, the bong or whatever. Um, the same way, if you do an edible, that takes a little bit more explanation because you're not in control. You're only in control when you take that very first mm -hmm. edible. And so, again, smaller amounts, slower amounts is better until you find where where your, your, your perfect dosage, uh, which is you've addressed the issue as best you can, and you're not getting diminishing returns. And wait. Correct. Wait for the effect. Okay. Correct. So now what should people expect as they go into a cannabis, cannabis dispensary? Um, I mean, I, I know what a cannabis dispensary looks like that is a march and ash, because I've been in many of them, all of them that are here in, in San Diego. W what, in your estimation, what should people expect? Um, they should expect to be helped. I mean, they should be ex expect to um, really encounter uh, a bud tender or a salesperson that kind of knows what what's in stock. And like I said, um, I prefer um, you tell me what you want to address, uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, I think we have too many drug commercials um, that keep listing symptoms until you know late at night is like do you have are you coughing are you yeah, wheezing? are yeah, you like this yeah, like yeah. eventually they list a symptom that you have it's like and then, uh -huh. you, and then you go into the doctor and go i need this drug right and you now 
you know, decided you're more educated than this man or mm -hmm. woman that's gone through medical school and all this. It's like, tell them what your symptoms are and what you what you want to address and let them tell you what they think is correct. As opposed to like, you know, my buddy says he likes Indica Blue Dream. <laughs> that's what I'm going to get. I'm like, okay, but you're different than your buddy. And maybe that's not what you need. You need something right. else. You know, you've addressed a lot of different situations and, and given a wealth of, 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 of you know, cannabis um, education to the listeners. Is there anything else that you think that would help our listeners who maybe, you know, want to get the best experience from uh, cannabis? Is there anything else you can think of? Um, uh, me, Personally, I guess it would be like, you know, obviously go to a, a, a good, high quality uh, legal dispensary. Ah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> um, because there is the dark, shady, uh, unfortunately, a horrific side. Yes. It's the other that's the underground still. Yes. Um, and if anybody, you know, in the last since I've been in the cannabis industry, we've had three or four incidents of, you know, illicit or, or fake vape cartridges or right. that have been toxic yeah. uh cannabis that has not been properly processed that is high in pesticides this is always still the 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 struggle mm -hmm. to uh do it in a safe uh clean way and like i said um going to a legal registered dispensary is one way to you know as best you can to try to get there right. and not not end up with something bad that could be toxic. Yeah. Um, when my friends ask me, um, you know, I see a lot of different, um, I see a lot of different um, dispensaries as I drive, you know, up and down the road. I always say, listen, um, you know, my sponsor is March and Ash. I know that they're legal. They're legit. Um, you can go in any store. It's well lit up. Um, the bud tenders are very knowledgeable. So you're, I think you're going to get the best information and probably the best experience from a legal, you know, um, dispensary such as March and Ash. So I, I agree with you 100%. Um, Ruben, I want to thank you for being so very gracious with your time. Uh, without a doubt, I think that, um, you know, you've provided a wealth of knowledge, information for our cannabis um, enlightened listeners. How would folks maybe get in touch with you? They, I'm sure that they want to, you know, maybe talk with you or maybe visit you somehow get in touch with you. How would they do that? Sure. So, um, I, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. I, I happily give out my cell phone number. <laughs> sure. Whatever information you want to give. Um, sure. So I can always be reached at my cell phone number, which is 805-807-2296. Um, I am on Instagram at uh, Healthy Haunters, um, and then I'm at Facebook for under my name, Ruben Villasenor. <laughs> okay. Are, are there any projects that you're involved with uh, currently? No, just like I said, uh, helping helping the dispensary that mm -hmm. just opened up, and you know, get it their footing, and they're opening other branches. So I'm, you know, I may continue doing the training and helping with them, and um, it's given me an avenue to continue with with education. Um, I'll do a speaking engagement whenever I'm asked to. Um, so that that's always helpful. Um, and I'm just here, you know, trying to pass on my knowledge and, and, uh, just inform the public and make, uh, you know, cannabis, a 
a non-mystical thing. Absolutely. Well, I can I can tell by the time that we've spent together that anybody sitting down and talking to you, they've got to walk away feeling enlightened uh, with respect to cannabis, the knowledge of cannabis, and maybe not having such of a apprehension to to want to either try it or at least go into. I've had friends that uh, don't even want to go into a store because they're afraid. Yes. Um, they know that uh, you, you generally you have to show your ID to get in. And I tell them that that's because you've got to be over, you know, 18, you know, right. to go in. Come on now. That, they have to do the same at a bar. I don't know why that is such a, <laughs> I understand, but yes. Yeah. Like, why do I have to show my ID? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for the time that, that you've spent with us today. Um, I look forward to hearing from you again, um, you know, later on in some additional podcasts sure. so we can find out what kind of things you're into right now. So once again, thank you very much for being so gracious with your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been one of many episodes on Cannabis Enlightened. You can listen to this episode and all of season one and two on the Olus Media Network at CannabisEnlightened.com. And by all means, feel free to reach out to me with your concerns, your comments, recommendations, or just to say hi at Dr. Leroy at CannabisEnlightened.com. And above all, keep in mind for cannabis, knowledge, and in life, Knowledge is death. Thank you for listening to the Cannabis in Line podcast, sponsored by March and Ash. If you're interested in exploring more about the products and services offered at March and Ash, be sure to visit their website at marchandash.com. We invite your comments, questions, and show ideas. Visit cannabisinline.com or email us at drleroy at cannabisinline.com. That's a dr.leroy at cannabisinline.com. Cannabis in Line is produced in San Diego, California. Jessica Garcia serves as a general manager. Elia Ramos as the creative director. JC Polk as executive producer and founding partner. Lena Alvarez assists with production. And Chad Peace, who is a president and founding partner. To learn more about March and Ash and their premium cannabis products, visit their website at marchandash.com. This podcast is a production of Olas Media. Thank you for listening. Olas Media.